Hello and welcome to episode 1044 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 26th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, it was a good weekend and uh, didn't have to do a ton for Fab this week. You and I were just kind of talking about, uh, you know, off yeah. uh, off air and a little bit lighter. Uh, yeah, it was it was nice to not like stress out. Like, oh man, am I gonna uh, am I gonna get this guy? Though there there, I did make a couple big bids in like the tag team league with Shelly, and like, mm-hmm. we just cannot seem to be aggressive enough. We bid one hundred and forty six dollars. On Emilio Pagan, thinking we're gonna that, get that. That didn't get him. No, 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 it did not. Um, oh, we, wow. we were the runner-up bid, but he, I think he went for like one eighty something. Uh, I mean, I, I've made my feelings known on him. I, I, I still worry about him being a full-scale closer. I know he got the two saves, and I'm, yeah. I agree with him as a pickup. But with the home run rate of his career, I do wonder how long it. Can I do last. wonder if it's gonna be pretty short-lived. Um, but he's. The Twins have a pretty easy schedule uh, mm-hmm. in the next couple weeks. So, and Shelley was a big proponent of, mm-hmm. hey, let's, let's take the shot here. And we thought we were being aggressive. We I were mean, that not. is aggressive. I, I yeah. would not, uh, I would not uh, let yourselves be fooled into thinking that that was not an aggressive move. That was. But, so, uh, but other than that, there. it was a pretty quiet weekend. So Yeah, it, it wasn't too crazy. We're going to get into a few guys that were uh, main main event targets. And then we'll uh, we'll get into some young pitchers that are pitching really well and kind of where we're at with them. These are these are some up and coming studs, some established studs that are just performing to expectations. So we'll get into that first, though. A little bit of Jacob Degrom uh, injury news, and it seems pretty positive. I know there was some concern of like, oh, why are they taking this time to say it? Because um, it should be quick you know after the scan they should know right away are they crafting a statement well the bottom line was they've seen quote-unquote considerable healing of the stress reaction on his scapula and he's been cleared to begin loading and strengthening of the shoulder he'll undergo another mri in three weeks to check his progress so nothing else beyond that it's encouraging news but i'm not sure how much it moves the needle where did you come out on this jacob de news I mean, it's good to see that he is uh, progressing back. This doesn't make me feel any more, you know, comfortable with him long term. I mean, we still have, you know, unrepaired, you know, elbow issues um, that dating back from last year. So I feel like he is, once he does get back, he is somewhat of a ticking time bomb. Uh, that Who could, isn't, yeah, it, it's true. Um, and, and not, and the other ticking time bombs in the league don't have the ability to be the best player on the planet. Um, yeah, and that's what DeGrom has. And it's not to suggest that because with his injury, he does not have a heightened risk. My only point there is just that every pitcher is under an immense amount of risk just by virtue of pitching, and that we make these injury, these, these risk mm-hmm. splits that I don't believe exist, wherein DeGrom's all the way up here and name a healthy guy right now is down here when it should really be like right here and here. Like DeGrom is higher, but everyone else is like, if you're pitching, you're just, you're right there. You're always on, yeah. on the knife's edge is, is the only point I'm trying to make there. I think um, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, and that's, that's the thing. So if you bought him, are you putting him in as soon as he's available? So I think you, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know I would. Yeah, I, I only have him in one league. Um, it's a league where I desperately need healthy bodies. Um, so, I mean, he will definitely go straight back into my lineup. Um, or actually, I think I'd have him in a dynasty league too. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, for me. it's encouraging that yeah. he is that, you know, the was a scapula injury um, is healing uh, well and that, you know, hopefully he'll. I'll be interested to see how long they they make him rehab for. Like you know, at one, at one point you want to keep it, keep it you know at a little conservative, so that way he heals properly and doesn't overload it. And same time, how much do you want to waste the bullets in rehab starts? So exactly. um, the Mets are doing well. So I, you know, maybe that maybe they can afford to play it more conservatively. I could see that. Yeah, twelve and five, uh, best record in the National League, best record in baseball actually so far. 
uh, for the Mets. So, you know, DeGrom dealing with uh, was an elbow that morphed into a shoulder. And we'll just we'll kind of see what, what's going on. But hopefully he's back sooner than later. I don't even have him anywhere. I just like watching him pitch. Let's talk about a few key ads for the week and kind of where you, where you came out on them. Just cherry picking a few names here because there were some other guys that uh, that we could have covered. It was it was a wide open week. Um, nobody was like really the go to big ticket item. Um, you might have had a guy or two in your league that wasn't available in others. Like uh, Colin and I had a chance at at Jordan Hicks in a main. Well, that was that was the only main where he was available. He wasn't available in others like things like that might have cropped up but otherwise a bunch of different guys that were kind of similar where did you come out on jacob junis i'm obviously especially interested in what you think because he is on your giants now and that was kind of where i was with him i was just kind of buying in specifically because it was the giants more so than than anything that he's really done uh, he's shown flashes in the past, but it's always come with too many homers and, and too many hits. Really, it's just been too hittable. But now he's 29. He's on the Giants. Can they can they maximize Jacob Junis? And were you in on him? Uh, I was in on him this week. I mean, it was smaller bids. Um, you know, like seven to fifteen dollar bids. Uh, but I got him in a couple spots, and I'm starting him this week because he has a really nice matchup against the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he looked good in that first start. You know, I'll caution people that it was against a Nationals team that does not look particularly good, except for. But Oakland is that too. Yeah. So, right. so you get another. You get and another there's a number start. of teams in you know in baseball where like you can just go. Yeah, I can start just about anybody here. Um, yeah. You know, Arizona being one of them in the Giants division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. You know, I'm I've not really been a big Jacob Junis guy in the past, but I'm a big whoever the Giants are throwing out on the mound guy. Um, yep, and, and that's what uh, drove Colin and I. We got him for 26 in our main. Um, that was actually the sixth highest. The max was 38. Unfortunately, they played in a league where nobody else was all that interested, so the backup was six. Um, mm-hmm. The other. F- Four thirty-something dollar bids, all at least had double digits behind them. Twenty-six, nineteen, fourteen, fifteen. So you don't feel so bad there. And even thirty-eight to six, if you really like a guy, of course you'd rather be lower. But being that high, being thirty-two over somebody is that's not going to kill you. That's not mm-hmm. going to kill you. And and Junis could be something. Again, I, I gave the cosign. It was it was the Giants cosign there that that drove me into uh, being interested in Junis. What about? Glenn Otto for Texas. He had a nice start on Friday. Uh, this was somebody that I was seeking out. This is why I don't have more Junis because I had Otto ahead of him. So I got Otto in multiple spots. I think he's got a chance to stick. I think, um, you know, Spencer Howard and Taylor Hearn are not blocking off Otto if he's pitching well. He actually had some pretty good skills last year, but some wild volatility with a 423 BABIP that drove a 1234 hits per nine and a 46% left on base rate that ensured damn near every one of those guys scored once they got the hit. But he had an 18% strikeout minus walk ratio, Otto did, which is pretty solid. Um, He looked good again in the five innings on Friday with uh, some good swing and miss. He doesn't walk guys. If he has command of his stuff, he's not giving up too many homers. I think Glenn Otto could stick here and, and be something pretty useful for the year. What did you think of Glenn Otto in Texas? Uh, he has impressive stuff when he can command it. Um, he gives up a lot of hard contact, though, which is a little bit scary. It's uh, part of the problem last year, uh, and we've already, you know, early on, we've already seen, like, when he does give up contact, it's hard contact. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the park will shield him from a little bit of that hurting him, um, and he has done... Uh, a pretty good job of keeping homers in the ballpark, uh, not just this year and last year, but throughout his entire career. I mean, you look at his homer per nine uh, throughout the minor leagues, it's insanely low, like how few homers he has given up over the course of uh, his minor league career. Uh, so that gives me a little bit of confidence that he can keep that in check. Um, so it's just a matter of, like, does, is he a guy who runs uh, higher than normal Babbitt because he gives up so much hard contact? And even though it's not 
uh, going over the fence, uh, does it find holes and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, hit walls and things like that. So I like auto though. Um, and I know you and Eno are, are even bigger fans. Um, so, uh, I, I, I did not get him anywhere. Um, this week I had, uh, priorities other places on, on other guys, but, um, I, I may kick myself a little bit for for not taking that. He's got a rough start, I think, this week, right? I think he's got the Astros. So back to back rough starts, Houston, and then at Philly. So not yeah. easy to see. And if he stands up to those two, that's going to be very encouraging. But it's not easy. I didn't start him everywhere. I got Otto. Um, there were some leagues I could afford to not start him because Houston's coming up on the docket, and I'm not going to. You know, I, I pushed it with like my boy Lorenzen, and that did not work when he faced Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, Otto is not quite in that level for me where I'm like, oh, just go for it. It's more teammate like, Dane okay. Dunning pitch against Houston he pitched last well night. He pitched uh, well. The only concern, I don't know if you saw this, uh, his um velocity was 88 miles an hour. Oh, I did he, not see that. He I did will, not uh, even break 90. I will include that on on box score bits. I, I did not see that. I uh, yeah. I saw that you know the box score the slider was, was pretty good, slider was great. But his his stuff was down uh, about a mile and a half. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty big. That's yeah. pretty big there to not even be over. Yeah, you have to wonder. Years. Like, he's a guy they really protected and didn't let go more than three or four innings last year. And you know, we see this all the time. Like, oh, guys, you know, leave the bullpen or or leave you know shorten you know uh, starts and stuff like that. Um, and they lose velocity. He seems like a guy who may not have the kind of velocity if he wants to go five. Great to see him go five and two-thirds yesterday. But Yeah, uh, good good outing there for mm -hmm. Dane Dunning. And I do think he's somebody who is a pretty traditional streamer. You can get some def definitely get some good use out of. I probably consider him a team streamer in 15s as well, where I don't really want to throw him back into the pool. What about this guy who also throws a little soft, but he's from the left side, so it's, it's a lot more passable from when Bruce Zimmerman is only coming in in the 90 to 92 range. Uh, but been looking sharp. 27-year-old lefty for Baltimore, 27% strikeout rate, 9% walk, 13% swinging strike, which is backing up that strikeout surge. He has a 120 ERA and a 113 whip. We know he's not going to be that good on the ERA. He gave up his first runs in this last outing against the Angels. But I've been impressed by the fact that he's gone Milwaukee Yankees Angels to put up these, these gaudy numbers off rip. Bruce Zimmerman someone that's been hitting your, uh, your pickup radar. Yeah, he's a guy that I um I traded for in my 30 team dynasty league and then uh because I, I lost like both Lynn and Giolito to start the year. Um so I don't know, 30 team league. Um yes, thankfully he's back. Uh but I got Yosky and I was set down. So oh jeez. Uh and it's a league where there's nobody available. So you've got like if you want to make a pickup, you've got, you've got to trade for people. Um and I picked him up in a couple other spots as a streamer. He's done well. I'm kind of taking it start by start with him. Uh, I, I think there's some real blow up potential. He gives up a lot of hard contact when he does give up contact. Um, it's he, I think he's only got like a 30 something percent. Yeah, 38.9 percent ground ball percentage. Uh, he's been a guy who's been like you know over 40 and sometimes even close to 50 percent in the past. So he's letting a, a few more balls into the air um and in a lot allowing a fair amount of uh, line drives um he's actually doing a pretty good job of limiting the hard contact this year oh, that's interesting letting the ball pull a lot you gotta wonder how much this part change is helping him uh, um, although that would be that would be the opposite field for lefty oh yeah you're there. right but mm -hmm. um it is interesting right because no one's going to be confused and suggest that Baltimore is doing well. They're six and 10, but they've had some pitching performances that have stood out as mm -hmm. like, the, you know, uh, their silver lining right now, as you look up and down the pitching, you're like, it's not just John means who's now unfortunately hurt and out for the year with TJ. It's uh, you know, it's well, he has, man, he's it's not going to TJ Wyatt. yet. Right. That hasn't been announced. Right. He's just got the four arms straight. No, no, it's TJ. Oh, did they say I TJ? You, I think you missed that during your, uh, Oh, During yeah, your excursion. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, it's done. He's done. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I saw I saw oh. it from Alex, so that's how I knew. It was. I mean, I I, yeah. I figured it was coming. I had dropped it. It, the it was leaning that way. That way, um, with John means well, if you didn't cut him already, you can now. But the sixty day IL was that once that, that was happened so yeah. quickly. 
it was over at that point, unfortunately. Hopefully mm-hmm. he comes back. I love John Means. He's so easy to root for, too. So I just hope that he gets healthy. But Bruce Zimmerman, there might be a little something here. You know, mm-hmm. I am still getting over my anti-Orioles pitching bias from their previous regimes and how inept they were at, de- at developing pitchers. And I've been trying to pull pull back on that a little bit and not just dismiss every Oriole out of hand. I got a little Tyler Wells love. He actually has been the worst of their bunch, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. But I think he's got some decent stuff that, that could click into some uh, streamer viability. Zimmerman's popping off. Jordan Lyles is who he is. He's a veteran who's, you know, he'll have some deeply streamer viability at, at times. But it's got to be. You know where I love guys like Jordan Lyles? Where? I love him in a dynasty league where you need to get over a certain threshold, but you're trying to rebuild. Yes, so you, so like, sure you need to get a certain amount of innings. Yes. But you want them to be bad innings. Yeah, um, you're like, I don't need you to, to be having a break. Him, go, Dallas go Keuchel. Yeah, yep. exactly. So Lyles had 180 last year. You're like, give me another 180 like that. But, you know, oh. I'm going to keep an eye on, like, Chris Ellis, the guy that they got, mm-hmm. uh, former prospect, just to see. Because now Baltimore – I'm at least caring about Baltimore pitchers now just because I think the new regime deserves an opportunity to see if they can develop guys because of what we've seen out of Zimmerman so far. Um, You know, I want to point out, too, like, Zimmerman hasn't had necessarily, like, an easy schedule either. He's not No, like, that, that's been the know, most impressive part. Yeah, he, Milwaukee, the Yankees, uh, and the Angels. Like, these yeah. are legit lineups. So, Milwaukee hasn't been great yet, but... Um, I mean, few lineups have been great, but those are still lineups that are challenging. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, I've i been impressed with what Zimmerman's been doing. He was a little bit lower on my list, again... Otto and Junis were ahead of him, so I didn't I didn't get Zimmerman anywhere, but I did have him as a consideration in their uh, basically the same price for all three. I just yeah. had my preference for Otto. Um, Alec Bohm has already had an interesting season, and it's uh, you know a couple weeks old at this point. Obviously, he had the big three error game that led to him saying, "I f and hate this place about Philly," and you know he's like he owned it completely. Said the motions got the best of me. Of course, you know, I, I love this place and we all say stuff when we're in the heat of the moment. I totally I totally buy buy that. Like I, I take that for what it is. And so did the Philly fans. They accepted the apology. Meanwhile, he's dominating. His plate skills are back on track. 14% strikeout, 11% walk. His slash line looks excellent. 314, 364, 457. Power's not off the charts or anything. It's it's really the hit tool, contact, and, and walk rates that we're seeing right now. The one thing about the strikeout rate, though, his swinging strike rate is 15%. That doesn't really support a 14% strikeout rate, so I do worry that there could be some regression in the strikeouts. But it's hard to be upset with what Alec Bohm is doing so far. Was he somebody that crept into your uh, your, your considerations because he was available in a decent number of twelve teams? Oh, you're not yeah, he was. Yeah, league. he wasn't available in any league I was not, in. Not um, your thing. Yeah, but what do you uh, think about I, that? I, I mean, I've always been a Bohm guy, um, or actually, since he's been the majors, I actually was not a Bohm guy when he was in the minors. Uh, you know, the reports I had gotten were not good, um, and but since he's been the majors, I, I kind of came around on him. Um, I'm. I wish I'd gotten him in more leagues. Uh, With the discount, and you know, people in tens and twelve should check their wire for sure because you know, early on in the season he wasn't playing, but now they've sent down Bryson Stott and Didi Gregorius has been dealing with injuries. He's going to play every day. Um, the The team is com- uh, committed to him uh, publicly, so. I think they're, you know, and we're starting to see that launch angle rise. Like the big issue with him has been the ground balls. You know, the launch angle is still a little bit low. It's like a nine degree launch angle right now, but that's better than the fours and fives we've seen the last few years. Um, And when he makes contact, it's really good contact. There's Mm -hmm. obviously going to be regression, but his ex Woba is like 427, which is like top, uh, top 10 in the league. That's nice. Um, and it's not like Bohm has some crazy BABIP either. It's 313. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly no. fine. Like, there are things to like here. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not too, I'm not too worried about this as far as like, even though the power isn't fully there and the strikeouts are going to go back up, I think there's some viability here. Like you said, check your wire because I think he's still going to be available in a lot of 10s and 12s. Uh, absolutely. Because he only's got one home run. And like yeah, and people exactly. often sort by home runs and slow bases. 
mm-hmm. and they're not going to see a whole lot there from Bone. But this is still a guy with a ton of upside. We really liked him. You and I did coming into 21 off of that uh, shortened season. It was a flop. It, mm-hmm. it was as floppy as flop can get. But we always talk about not quitting guys like that. Uh, 417 plate appearances, just as the 180 was, wasn't enough to say that he's a beast now. 417 is not enough to say he sucks. So we're somewhere mm-hmm. between still, I think it's still unwritten who Bohm is. So if you're buying back in, I think there's some upside there. So those are just some key guys that were getting added. Junis, Otto, Zimmerman, and Bohm in 15s and 12s, depending on where he was available. In 128 online leagues is where Bohm was uh, was getting picked up. Those other guys were mostly picked up in 15-team uh, formats. Now I want to talk about some Young arms who are pitching very well and just kind of get your read on where you're at now, three, four starts into the season with these guys. And obviously they're all, I think, uh, pretty much auto starts, at least in the leagues that we play, which is generally deeper. We'll talk about their viability in 10s and 12s as well. I think a lot of them are auto starts in those formats too. But let's start with Tyler McGill. He kind of got the uh, ball rolling early with that that opening day start in Jacob deGrom's stead. And he hasn't looked back. His velo's up off of last year's uh, a full a full point to 95.6 miles an hour. Strikeout walk ratios look excellent. Results have been tremendous. 235 ERA, 0.91 whip. He has, even just in four starts, he's built on what he did last year. And he looks very impressive. Is, is Tyler McGill uh, arriving? Are, are you buying into this as a breakout season? I am. Um I want to, you know, that, that one start against the Giants, you know, didn't go so well. Um, did you was, watch that? I did. Um, I was so impressed by by his rebound, though, because yes. the Giants were attacking, and they did something that they they went against plan. And Ron, mm-hmm. uh, no, excuse me, Keith was on it. Keith Hernandez was on it. That's why they're one of the best broadcasts. They're not just entertaining, but they're so smart. And he was on it. He was talking about how they usually take a bunch of pitches, and it seemed like McGill was maybe trying to get over with not his 100% best pitches for some early strikes. And they said, Oh, we're going to hit this trash. Mm-hmm. You're, you're coming in with the, with the, you know, 90% fastball instead of your one, your 100% boom, boom, boom hits. But then he adjusted and still went six innings. So yeah. he was pushed around by a tough team. I really liked how McGill rebounded in that outing after San Francisco got to him a bit. So continue there, but I, I want to, highlight that that outing because that was really really interesting yeah he he was thrown with some reduced velocity i know he said after the game that that was by design um that he was trying to dial it back a little bit um it's still concerning when you when you see a guy all of a sudden go from you know throwing 96 throwing 94 um but, but he was right back at 96 last time out. Yeah, and the, yeah, he was, you know, 95-96 uh last time. So that that's that feels a little bit better. Yeah, I think he is. I think he has kind of arrived. Um <laughs> this is unfair, but I'm going to say it. I'm nervous when any when it's any Mets pitcher. Like I'm just I'm just nervous. Um I get it. I get it. It's not like... fair. This is very much like, you know, us like penalizing Rock, Rocky Rockies players. Um, because they're on the Rockies, uh, you know, it's a new organization. <laughs> the team, not the players. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but there is like the same thing with the Angels pitchers, right? Like I just, I get this uneasy feeling that things are things are going to go poorly at some point because it's the Mets, um, yeah. and it's not fair because he looks really, really good. Uh, you know, I said uh, after his first, you know, start of the season, I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. I should have drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> like like this is this is not gonna go well for me. Yeah, I'm, gonna yeah. be, I'm just gonna be missing out all season long. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do think he has the makings of a stud. I'm not ready to anoint him um, in the same way that I might be willing to anoint other guys on this list. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he is well on his way. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about McGill. About the you know to to make it about me for a moment. The only regret I yeah. have is that I didn't go in with the with the mains. I got him in four leagues, yeah. but it's like all the DC and stuff. And then he got pushed up score. really high. He did, but I, I I was still like I still liked him, and it's just one of those things where it's like I I waited that extra round there, and you know I'm not afraid to go get my mm-hmm. guys. So it wasn't anything like oh I won't pay fifteenth round price. In fact, when I took McKenzie in the fourteenth. 
I debated the two and I said, let me get McKenzie. Mm. I'll get McGill on the way back. No, you won't, you stupid idiot. Yeah. But I don't regret McKenzie because he's off to a solid start too. And I still mm-hmm. think there's a lot of upside with him. I would feel I, I do like McGill higher though, because he doesn't have the injury history that, that McKenzie has. And again, to go back to my earlier point, that doesn't mean that they're this far apart in injury risk. And I've, I've got my hands very far apart for those that can't see the video, but they're more like this far apart mm-hmm. where I do think McGill is a steadier health bet right now, but they're both pitchers. So you never know. But yeah. uh, anyway, I like McGill. I think there's so much to like here. I hear you on the Mets going to Mets thing, though. It, it just is that uneasy. It, it, I mean, it is shit going to happen too. It's not even like a normal yeah. thing. You worry about like the goofy thing happening. Yeah, you know the them leaving wet towels on the ground and, and players <laughs> slipping coming out the tunnel. Like you know, I mean, high key slipping um, on a banana peel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the random shit that like shouldn't happen, but does apparently with the Mets. Uh, but the Mets are good, man. They they yeah. are legit. Like you know, they, they took team. three out of four against my Giants. I now have to wear a, a shirt of Michael Simeon's choosing at F pass. That's gonna wow. be that's gonna be a problem. Uh, I didn't know y'all had a little bet on that. Yeah, I had a little bet. I, I watched almost all that series just because it was two good teams. Mm-hmm. It was such a good series to watch. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched them all too. It was, it was the, great. Uh, the Giants are not fading, y'all. They're not gonna win 107 again because I wouldn't really predict anybody to win that. Yeah. But, but my my bet for pitches. them to win, I think it's eighty six games. Yeah, you know, it was. Like, you told me the over under was eighty six. Yeah, I hammered it while we were in Vegas. I also of put, I, I also put, um, uh, I think uh, a couple hundred on them to win the World Series because the odds were so like unreal. It. So they're, they're, um, they're a great team. The Gi- Giants are really really good again. And Josh, Jock Peterson, know. like I know we talked about him last week, but. What like a he team is, to go to, though. The platoon oh. guy goes to the platoon team. It's such a perfect fit. Yeah, He will never have to see a lefty, probably even in the games he starts, because they'll take him out even when the lefty relievers yep. come in. Like, he is they did yesterday, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to feast. I, I love Jockey. He's so easy to root for, too. Let's talk Shane McClanahan, the 24-year-old righty, or excuse me, lefty, 25-year-old, age 25 season, left-hander for the Rays. Um He's fitting, he's fully panning out to the narrative so far. It's 22 innings, so I shouldn't say fully, but you know what I mean? Like everything that the, his believers kind of mapped out mm-hmm. for this year is playing out so far. His his stuff is super nasty, and he looks like an even better version of the guy we saw last year after a couple of sub five inning starts to open the year because his pitches got ran up a little bit due to his strikeouts. So it was almost like a good thing because he had seven and eight strikeouts. So they had to take him out. I mean, they didn't have to, but they did. He's gone six and seven innings in his last two starts. I had McClanahan for like 170 plus innings of basically what he did last year, which was 343 RA 127. I don't want a fully confirmation bias off 22 innings, but I, I think he's here. I think the only thing that really stops him is, would be health. I think the talent is unquestioned for McClanahan. What do you think? I do wonder like how many innings they let him go for. I think uh, 170. If, if if you get 170 from him, uh and and, and I me too, because I, I I definitely I traded for him in Towers. He was my return for Craig Kimbrell after Kimbrell got announced as closer. I like that. That would um, be 47 more than last year. That's not an egregious jump. No, that's not. Um I uh, I must have oh because he had he had some innings in in double A I didn't notice, um so yeah uh, uh oh or maybe nope I'm just looking at the wrong player page that's the <laughs> problem I'm lo- I'm looking at McGill's player page. oh McGill's page player. yeah no right. he had a 123 last year in the majors and so I think you know I don't think they'll go like 200 with McClanahan a because they don't really do that but b because they have October you know, mm-hmm. in mind as well. So they want to save some gas in the tank for October, but I think 170 is reasonable enough to get him to get him to 170 with 30 starts and still have some juice in the tank for October. So if he stays healthy, I think McGill gets a, a full allotment of starts this year. Or, uh, yeah. Excuse me, McClanahan. I think McGill does too, but I met McClanahan. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, I've been super impressed with him, especially because he hasn't been like super fastball heavy. Fastball is kind of the worst pitch. I know uh, it's the secondaries that are uh, really, really good, but he's like, he, he only, you know, he f- throws the fastball 37% of the time. Like he, he throws everything and keeps hitters off balance. And the, the secondary stuff uh, is so filthy and overpowering. It's a deep um, arsenal too. He's got four legit pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been super, super impressed. And 
pitching in Tampa Bay helps. Like, you know, we, we hear guys talk about how much they hate hitting there and the batting eye and like, that's beneficial to the pitchers. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think he has ascended. I think he is legitimately um, a top 15 starting pitcher and probably even top 12 uh, at this point. Um, yeah. I'll probably I think- start doing some some kind of re-ranks of my starting pitchers at least coming up here soon. Um, Same. Uh, for the Patreon uh, people. And we will have a uh, Q&A. We will be seeing yes. that soon. Um, and the watch parties will start back up in May. A um, little bit disjointed for the first. Uh, we, we did the opening mm-hmm. day one, and then schedule has been a little bit off, but I will conf- c- confirm with you offline. We'll get the watch parties going, and then we'll do the Q&A for people. And we'll have a text, uh, like a, a post up in the Patreon where you can leave your questions. So if you're not live in mm-hmm. the Q&A, you can still get your question answered. That'll be coming up within the next week or so. And then the uh, uh, weekly watch parties will start on next week week of may 4th right nice is that or no no may 2nd uh is monday December. next week so the week i'm not saying it's happening on may 2nd i'm saying it's the week of may 2nd mm-hmm. we will schedule a game for that but yeah mcclanahan velo up ground ball rate up stuff yeah. is there i have zero questions about the talent it's just about staying healthy with absolutely Shane what about alec manoa this was a guy i expressed a little bit of concern with coming into the season and, uh, you know, I'm not going to fully eat the L and just say I'm wrong off of 18 innings because, first off, I kind of want to be wrong. I- I'm-, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that to avoid an L. If he's great, I will fully say I overpanicked and I- I'll-, I'll munch on those Ls. I was worried because he's a two-pitch guy, difficult division, a little bit of a home run and platoon issue. How's that going to go with him? So far, no issues at, at all. He's mm-hmm. pitching exactly like he did last year, which is very well. 25% K, 8% walk, 14% swinging strike, which is actually up a point from last year. Velo is up as well, 94.3 from 93.5. Home run rate is basically the same, 1.0, which is manageable. I don't know where his platoon is at right now. I'm going to look it up. But even if it is what it, what it was last year for Manoa, it hasn't hurt because he's been awesome. So – how much am I going to live to regret? It is actually a colossal yeah, play. He's getting crushed by lefties, but it's it's a really small sample size too. Exactly, so. four forty four Babbitt against lefties, but it and is two seventy three OPS. The big thing for me is five walks against lefties. So is he like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, uh, he's being more cautious. I think cautious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cautious is like afraid of them a little bit where he's like, I don't want to get crushed by them. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try to pitch really fine. And like you said, five walks against six strikeouts where he's 12 to one against righties. So where do you come out on Manoa right now? And how did you feel about him coming into the year? Cause I don't think we talked about him a ton. Um, and like I said, I was just taking a little bit of a pass this year where I'm like, I hope he kills it, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of backing off a little bit just cause I think it might be a little dip year this year and then ascent next year. He was a guy that I was really intrigued by. But I never seemed to get him anywhere. Um, and Shelly and I made a point of getting him, uh, like pushing him up our board in the tag team league just to get him because I, I hadn't drafted him yet this mm-hmm. season. Um, and he's a guy that uh, I've, I've liked for a really long time. Uh, you know, I mean, he was oh, in when he was coming out uh, of the draft, um, the MLB draft, MILB draft. Uh, I drafted him with a first-year player draft in my 30-team league. Like, I spent a first-round pick on him because uh, I was I was really excited. Uh, so I'm I'm glad I got him in that one spot. I'm liking to see that he's throwing the change up 10% of the time and starting to make it a little bit of an actual third pitch, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Definitely want to continue to watch what he does against lefties um, because – he has walked a lot of guys. He's given up contact. It's been, like I said, super, super small sample. It's only, you know, five and two-thirds worth of innings against lefties. Uh, so, And that was my biggest issue with Manoa was, mm-hmm. like, will he consistently get lefties out in that division as well, which can be difficult. I think that's still yet to be determined. Yeah, which is why I'm not taking the L, even mm-hmm. though he's got good numbers right now. And I'll be rooting for him. I hope mm-hmm. I, I will. I will – 
serve that L up on a plate with some whipped cream if I'm if I'm wrong because I want him to be great. He's so easy to root for. I, I will make sure you have a Connor Joe sized L. Yes, yes, um, we, we will share we our yes. we will share our, our our L pie together because uh, <laughs> I, and and you're rooting for that one too because you have Connor yeah. Joe in your other main. So you're like, fine, I'll take the L with my freaking badass player here in the 29th round. Yep. Um, Kyle Wright going down a little bit, right? You know, McClanahan. And Manoa were highly drafted. McGill was well drafted, like he was not a sleeper or anything. He was a mid rounder that people liked. And like you said, he got pushed up in the main. Kyle Wright was not drafted everywhere. In fact, he was not drafted in a lot of spots, just kind of an unknown, a little bit of a um, post hype prospect who was number five overall pick back in 2017. And despite the fact that he doesn't really have a big sample of work, it came over the course of several years to where I think there was that prospect fatigue and it was like, Oh, maybe this guy's just not that good. But Justin, it was 70 innings from 2018 to 2021. Like, so when you're spreading out 70 innings over the course of four seasons, it's a worthless sample. Even if it was 70 innings in one season, it's not that meaningful, let alone spread out over the course of four years. So once it started to look like he had a gig, that's when I started to kind of be like, okay, I'm interested here. I, I'm ready to jump in. And I bought him before the season, not to just fully backpad here, pardon me, but I bought him before the season on our main for Domingo Acevedo for a buck, and I never could have envisioned it was going to be this good here. So I'm looking at Kyle Wright. Velo is way up, almost two points to 95.4. Strikeouts through the roof, 39%. Walk rate way down, which has been the one thing that's consistently bothered him mm -hmm. in the majors with a 14% rate coming into this year. He's at 3%. He's attacking. He looks every bit like the top prospect, number five overall pick. It is a tiny sample at uh, 17 innings, but is Kyle Wright breaking out before our eyes? Uh, if you had, you know, we, we heard a lot about like, oh, who's going to be this year's Cedric Mullins? Who's going to be this year's Robbie Ray? We didn't hear a lot of people talk about who's going to be this year's Logan Webb, which was a guy that wasn't drafted and yep. still pitched like an ace. Um, yep. And I think we found him. Uh, he has been insanely good. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy who uh, is got a 39.4% strikeout rate. <laughs> A an almost fifty percent uh, ground ball rate, forty eight point six percent ground ball. Like that combination is insanity. We're we're talking about a guy who's like striking everybody out, and then when he's not, he's getting ground balls. He's given up zero barrels so far this year. Um, and he's twenty six. Like Kyle Wright is not mm -hmm. ancient. Like this is still very much in a growth period. Uh, his hard hit percentage. Um, is 17.1%. Like it that it's like half of what like league average. I was saying league is. average like, is about 35, um, right? Yeah. So like he's doing everything right. Um and I did not mean to make that pun. Um No, it's just it's easy when when it's uh, somebody with that last name doing well, you know, gets the right stuff. I mean, I know it's cheesy as hell, but like it's been it's been awesome for Kyle Wright. This is one of those I'm kicking myself because I've been a Kyle Wright guy in the past. You didn't get uh, him anywhere? I got him, I think, in like two spots. I've got okay. him in a few decent – actually, I think I have him in a few spots. I, I, I know I have him in uh, in one of my dynasty leagues. I know I have him in a couple of my DCs. Uh, but I didn't get him in either main. Um, and this is a guy that I should have – you know, once he was announced he was in the rotation, I should have just gone back to the well and been like, hey, I'm going to take a gamble here. And see what we got. Um, but kind of guy you gamble on late when you're looking for those spec pitchers. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't have them. Uh, you know, in any like major spots. Uh, but kudos, uh, definitely go check your wires. Like just in case, Always. ten and twelves. Go check your wires. See if uh, you know. Obviously, in fifteens, he's. I'm sure he's gone. Um, but uh, I, I picked him up in even in that dynasty league um, after. He, you know, had already started showing some greatness. So uh, he is finally getting pretty rostered. Eighty-five percent Yahoo, eighty-two percent ESPN. Yeah. So, but that's still fifteen to twenty percent of, you know, shallower format could leagues. Be your like, league. Could be your league. Could be your never know. All formats auto start right now for Kyle Wright. Yeah, absolutely. What, what about Logan Gilbert out in Seattle? This was a guy that uh, 
I thought had a really nice rookie year. This is the kind of rookie year that I like where it doesn't generate too much hype because he had a 468 ERA, a little bit of a home run issue, hit a little rookie wall in the summer, but then bounced back too. And I love that. I love seeing a guy, you know, we talked about it just with McGill in that, in that start against San Francisco. I love when a guy gets the adversity, but then deals with it and comes through. He hit a rookie wall, Logan Gilbert did, in August of last year. It was mostly just a three-start stretch. Toronto, Houston, KC walloped him. He didn't go five in any of those and gave up 19 earned in 12 and two-thirds. But then bounced back for a strong September with a 270 ERA in 33 and a third, which included Houston twice, Boston, KC, the Angels, and Oakland. So a mixed bag with good and bad teams. There wasn't just a weak schedule. Uh, this is another prospect who is like panning out to the level that people were hoping for. He has an AL best 0.54 ERA. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb and say that's not going to hold, but I love so much <laughs> of what I'm seeing from Logan Gilbert this year. Is he building on a uh, on a great rookie year and, and getting ready for a breakout here? What do you think about Logan Gilbert? I'm a little more skeptical on this one. Um, okay. I like Logan Gilbert. Uh, I, I love the arsenal. Um, you know, he has multiple pitches that he can go to keep hitters off balance. He's, he's faced a really easy schedule to start, um, you know, two AL central teams and the Rangers. Um, and he's gotten an insane amount of, uh, maybe not an insane amount, but he's got a, a fair amount of infield fly balls. Home to fly ball rate's pretty low right now. Um, he's only given up one barrel. It's resulted in a home run. Um, so I, I, I do kind of wonder, like, as the weather starts to heat up, um, as hitters start to adjust to what's going on with the ball this year, because uh, we've definitely seen uh, hitters uh, struggle with the long ball this year. Uh, and you, you almost, yeah, you almost wonder if MLB is going to change something here pretty quick, uh, especially as things start warming Wouldn't up to surprised. kind of counter, counteract that. Um, I wonder if he's going to have some more struggles. But I agree with you. I love to see what he did last year, which was be successful and then really struggle hard. Um, and not only did the team stand by him, he learned from it and readjusted and finished the year strong. I think that's a, a mark of a really mature and smart player uh, that's going to be successful long term. So I think he's going to be successful. Not ready to anoint him into the McGill or um, – uh, or McClanahan or Manoa, or actually I think he's more with Manoa right now as a guy that I'm I'm very intrigued by, I'm encouraged by, but I want to see a little bit more. Okay. I, I think that's all that's all pretty fair. I, I would put him in that Manoa tier as well, right down to the same situation of where I don't have him anywhere, but I'm rooting for him. And mm -hmm. I would love to kind of regret my decision just because it would mean that he's he's beasting and I like watching Logan Gilbert. He's fearless. Uh, that's one thing, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're, you're, you're watching to figure that out, but that's the, that's the vibe I get when, uh, when he just attacks, he isn't afraid to go after guys. Sometimes I don't get him in trouble, but I like that attitude. And I know, you know, we throw out stuff like that. It's intangible. What, what do you do with that? I'm not saying it's why I would draft somebody a hundred percent or not, but I like seeing a, a prospect of this caliber with his talent who is not afraid to just attack and say, yeah. here it is, hit it. I'm not going to nibble around here at the big league level. I'm going to see what y'all got. And uh, so far through 136 career innings, it's been pretty good. And I think uh, I think we'll see more good than bad out of Logan Gilbert this year. But I agree with you. It's not, it's not on that McClanahan level just yet where I'm like, I don't question anything. Uh, let's go to Minnesota, talk about the uh, the two guys there that, that drew a lot of interest they're pretty much comps for one another, in my opinion, mm -hmm. Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober. And it seemed in my last four or five drafts that the second that one of them went, the other was going to go shortly thereafter. So if you were at the wrong end of the draft when that happened, you weren't getting it. And I, I remember that vividly because a couple times Ober went, and I'm like, well, there goes my chance at Joe Ryan. And I was correct, including in our main where Ober got taken at the – at the back end there at your end of the draft. And then Scott Jenstead went ahead mm -hmm. and said, well, I better get Joe Ryan right now. I don't want to give Paul Spore two more chances at him. I doubt that's what he <laughs> thought, but he, he did not have another shot at him. I will say that I was definitely going to take Joe Ryan when he came back. I was just a little too late. Both are pitching well. And I think the most important part 
is neither have given up a ton of homers. It's been, I think, two homers apiece yes. in 16 innings. Yeah, I know. But two homers apiece in 16 innings, a 1.1 rate, I'll take that. I can live at 1.1 or better. It's when they start creeping up over 1.1 that can be nerve-wracking. Both are missing bats, too. Now, Ober's strikeout rate doesn't suggest as much with a 20% mark, but it's a 14% swinging strike rate that says he's still getting the whiffs. The strikeouts will come. Do not panic. I think both are are doing what has been expected of them. They've been great. Uh, were you in on either, and are you in on them still now so far through uh, 16 innings apiece? I was Bailey, not. Sorry, Bailey Ober and Joe Reiner, who we're talking about here. I was not in on Ober or Joe Ryan. Um, and I continue to not really be in on them. Uh, I, I like, I like to see what they're doing. Um, I am very worried that the home run rates are going to come back and crush these guys. They're both. I mean, we were, we all worry about different things. I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, sorry. Ober has a 56%, uh, fly ball percentage. Um, barely any. Joe Ryan is sixty-two point two percent. Hardly any. I never they're, see the ball in the air with them. That's, that's yeah, nothing. yeah. They're both running with like single-digit home run to fly ball rates right now. Sustainable, sustained, uh, yeah. sustained. That's yeah. sustained. Uh, it's um. These yeah. concerns are fair, by the way. I'm memeing I'm for anyone that does about no. over than I am about Ryan, but I'm still concerned about Ryan. Um. I think the ball is really, really helping them. And if it sure. doesn't change anything, they can get away with this for a while. And they've got great outfield defense in Buxton and we Kepler. Um, you know, so uh, I think that there is a possibility they can keep this going. Mm-hmm. There's also a possibility this ends really, really poorly for either of them or both of them. Um, and so while I'm, uh, the, these guys definitely would be in a tier below all the other guys we've talked about. I don't think they have necessarily upside of, you know, the huge strikeout numbers that we've seen from other guys on this list. Um, and I think there is a ton of risk here, um, in terms of as things start to warm up, um, as hitters start to adjust, if MLB does anything to change the balls, uh, this could end really, really badly for, for both of them. It could. I mean, because homers are the quickest way to ruin an ERA. But with Ober and Ryan, by the way, I, I misspoke. It was Ryan who went first, and then Ober literally went two mm-hmm. picks later. But sa- same same vibe there. Like I said, once one went, the other was was on cue. Um, Jensted took Joe Ryan at the end of the 14th. Two picks later, Dalton Daldon said, well, Bailey Ober ain't getting back if I don't take him here. And again, he was correct because uh, I don't think – I think I would have taken Ober with one of my picks if he would made it all the way back. Anyway, your concerns are, are valid. I'm not going to invalidate those because the home run rates are what they are in their past and the fly mm-hmm. ball rates with the home run to fly ball rates that they have right now. However, and I know um, – Joe Ryan is still outrunning the four walks from his opening day from his season mm-hmm. opener, but I don't I don't think he's an eight percent walk rate guy. Neither of them walk a ton of guys, so these are not usually big time homers. The two three grand slam variety, two two run three run homer grand slam variety. It's usually solo shots, so you can live with that if you're still getting the strikeouts, and they both are. So that's why I still like them, even though I do grant that a one five homer nine is is very possible with either of them going forward um if not higher that is definitely alarming so i i I will i will concede the concern and i will rank them in where you're talking they are the lowest of of this group right now kyle wright Mm -hmm. has passed them but i've got more confidence in them to still be fantasy useful across most formats even as the homers go up in tens they'll probably become team streamers but in 12s and 15s even as their eras move back up into say the high threes i think they're still usable every time out for the most part occasional tough starts you know a bad homer park or a really difficult team i understand sitting them in shallower formats but in 15s unless something changes substantially i can't see sitting ryan or ober yeah no i i mean i, I tend to agree with you completely okay, right so we're not too far it. off it's no, just, I, I, I more just, of like you got a red arrow next to them. Like you, you're fine with where they are right now, but you think they're going to go down yeah. a little bit. 
I'm kind of more of like it's more a matter of like we're talking about guys on this list of player sites that I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, and that I think are like legit studs. Um, That's whereas I think Ryan and Ober are very very interesting. I think they're very usable, um, but I can you know like I think the only thing that really you know screws with McClanahan um, or Gilbert or uh, Kyle Wright at this point is injury. Like I, I, yeah. I think those guys are. Question. Yeah, uh, I think there are still questions about the talent of, um, of, or not necessarily talent, but the profiles of Ober yes. and Joe Ryan uh, that things could go sideways in a hurry. Because they live on a thin margin with Velo. Yep. And they have major home run issues. That's yep. that's a disastrous combo that can go super sideways. I think both can survive it, but it, it does have that risk factor that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think we're in lockstep here, generally speaking, on how we see them. I'm just a little bit more confident that they'll hold it, and you got a little bit more concern that it can come and bite them. Uh, but still, get those guys if they're available in your tens. I say go pick yeah. them up right now. Absolutely, I, I think especially as the weather is colder in you know a place like Minnesota and the other uh, AL Central parks. And like, until we see you, the ball. Yeah, and, and unless change. yeah, I mean MLB may just say this is what we're rolling with this year. Um, oh god, oh Jesus, it's so boring to yeah. not want to watch the ball and never do anything. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's, uh, let's let's add Scooble into this because he was like okay. he was like these guys, right? Now, um, like these guys in that he was a home run machine. He's mm-hmm. got more dominant stuff than both of them, so he's a little bit different, but he had that same profile of like doesn't walk guys, gets strikeouts, but holy crap, the homers. Coming into this year, Therese Gubel had a 2.2 homer per nine, Justin. The fact that he only had a 457 ERA despite that is actually a credit to him because normally if you're running a 2.2 homer nine, your ERA should be well over five. But that's because he doesn't walk guys, uh, and so he was able to limit the damage of those homers. I'm not saying a 457 ERA is good. I'm just saying it should have been much higher. His 552 FIP can attest. So far this year, 15 and two-thirds, Justin, zero homers for Tariq Skubal. Is that just three starts in a row where things are going well? Or have you seen any fundamental changes that have you believing that Tariq Skubal has made a, a key adjustment here? Um, There is been some changes to the way he approaches batters uh, and trying to prevent guys from lifting the you know uh, his fastball in the air uh, and giving up those home runs. He's still giving up three barrels, but his ground ball rate is up. The fly ball rate is down. Um, He's, you know, hasn't sacrificed strikeout stuff in order to achieve this. I think this is a really, really good sign of an actual improvement that could stick. I need to see it over a longer period of time because with Scooble, it's when it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's atrocious. Um, And so uh, there, I mean, there's still some big risk, but it's some big risk with some really big upside. Uh, I would slot him kind of in that same spot as Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, uh, maybe ahead of them, because I think the upside on Scooble strikeout potential is greater. A bit more dominant. mm -hmm. Uh, But I also think the, the, uh, the floor is lower. Um, on Scooble, and we saw that last year. So uh, I like Scooble a lot. I'm really, really intrigued by these uh, kind of changes in approach, um, and uh, I'm excited to see if he can continue doing it. Yeah, me too. Obviously, as a Tigers fan, I'm, I'm extra dialed in on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I've been really impressed there, and I do think we're seeing some changes where he is having a concerted effort on, hey, I don't want to get beat by the homer here. Let's attack righties the right way and he has a 14 to one strikeout to walk ratio against them. He does have a 668 OPS, which is not all that high. He hasn't really faced any lefties either. Only nine at bats against lefties. Uh, this well, year we talked school. to, we talked about, there's not a lot of lefties in the division. So exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's what we're seeing out of Scooble right now. He's going to have to stay strong against righties to continue the success. But I love what we've seen so far. And he's definitely somebody that, uh, that could be on the verge of a breakout. And I agree with your ranking where I would put him a little bit ahead of these three, just be or the other two from the twins, because he has a little bit more of his dominant stuff there uh, versus what they do with only, a little bit more of the finesse. Not only has he like done a great job of not giving up home run, only one walk given up this year. Yeah. I and mean, he is, he's attacking guys 
but he's attacking them in the right way. It's it's a really good sign. I, I completely agree, and that's why he's just one of a few different reasons why I'm not too worried about the Tigers. First off, they have a perfect record right now anyway, 6-9. and nine. It's like as nice, nice as you can get. I mean, we should already be in the playoffs, but whatever. Apparently, they're going to make us play out the rest of the games. But even with uh, things having not gone all that well, um, you know, with Baez having gone on the IL for a bit, some of the hitters not really clicking, um, uh, the injuries to the bullpen, Mize and Manning both getting hurt. I still think they're in a good position. Chafin comes off the IL today for the Tigers, their big uh, bullpen acquisition. So I'm still very excited about my Tigers. Let's finish up with Mackenzie Gore, who's already been seemingly through like a, a, a season's worth of like news and intrigue already mm -hmm. because he, he got going in spring and we're like, uh-oh, is he – or not uh-oh, but it's like, oh, smat, snap, is he coming out of last year's issues with the yips? And and you know going down the path of Forrest Whitley, and did he peel back and get right back on the elite, uh, the elite prospect track? And it looks like yes. Well, then it looked like okay, he's going to start the season with the team, and then they had the bombshell Sean Manaya deal, and it was like oh okay, well now he's now he's not going to start with the team, but that doesn't mean get away from him. Oh my God, Mackenzie Gore sucks because you know. You can you can never have too much pitching, and so something was going to happen soon. And what happened? Clevenger and Snell were hurt. Opens the door for Gore. He has walked through that door and looked very strong so far. Mm -hmm. um, his first start against Atlanta to me looked like a guy surviving. Like I got to get out yeah. where I can get him. I'm not worried about getting swings and misses. And then in his second start, looked a lot more settled in. Looked like a multi-year vet out there. Seven strikeouts and five scoreless innings. It's only two starts. I don't want to parse 10 and a third too much, but I've been impressed with Gore, and I think he will stick. I think they will figure out what to do when uh, Snell and Clevenger get healthy. Either somebody else will get hurt and create an opening. Maybe they'll go six-man. I don't think that they're pushing Gore back down. I, I think it's going to work itself out one way or another. It, it usually does. Um, you know, yeah. maybe someone else gets hurt. Maybe they figure out just, you know, a hybrid role for him. Um, or, or Nick Martinez got to figure some things out. Like he's yeah. had the good swing and miss with a 13% mm -hmm. swinging strike, but walks are through the roof. 177 whip. I think maybe his clock is ticking as far as, as a starter, they wouldn't get rid of him, but they could put him to the bullpen. Yeah. He may be kind of a bullpen uh, or maybe they make a trade. Like who knows? Um, they love trading, you know, for sure. a challenge, a challenge trade with a team to kind of bolster that offense a little bit. Cause the offense is, that you offense. know, yeah, so they, uh, where are you at on Gore? Are you drafting him? Uh, have you picked him up anywhere? What, what, what are you thinking after two starts? Because he's still available in shots. I drafted him in a couple DCs late as, as kind of a dart throw. Uh, and so I, I didn't get him in any of my kind of bigger money leagues. Um, and I wasn't willing. I mean, he went, I can't remember if it was our main or, or my other main, but like he went for like $300 something. Um, and I like, I, just, I, I, I don't like paying that for anybody, much less. Uh, for for a guy who who's uh, unproven, I've loved Gore in the past. I hope he continues to do what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I love to see a guy who gets strikeouts, but also gets ground balls. The contact he has given up has been hard. So, I mean, I think there's going to be some you know you know tough luck you know kind of outings where sure uh, you know he's just is seen a little bit more than maybe uh, he's uh, being seen by hitters. Uh, but I think Gore has all the makings of a fantasy ace. And it's just a matter of not when will he put it or not if he will put it together, but I think when. when I think he's going yeah. to be uh, an ace in fantasy. Um, I don't know if it all comes together this year, but uh, I, I think it, it definitely could. And I'm, I'm a little bummed. They don't have him in any of my big money. Leagues. Yeah. I, I think you, you kind of outline exactly where I'm at with, uh, with Mackenzie Gore as well. I only got him in a DC, uh, the Arizona Fall League one, and Raz Slam. So I'll get all of his good starts there since that's a cut uh, best ball league. Um, but I wasn't going to pay the big triple-digit layout. And it's less about him and just more about um, budget management. Like mm -hmm. I, I just I, I just don't feel comfortable doing that because it has to work or else you, you're you going to regret that money so much. Mm -hmm. Like look at where the Josh Lowe folks are and people are spending upwards of five, $600 on him and he's not done, but it's been so bad that now I think Vidal Bruhan, and you gotta be looking over his shoulder for Bruhan. No, they just sent up, Bruhan back down. He was only called up for Diaz. Oh, was he? Uh, oh, was COVID. Okay. 
But I'm saying like Lowe is going to get sent out Bryson Stott style in a week or two here if he doesn't turn. And Ruan will be right back up. And that's so, um, that, that was the thing we talked about with, with Lowe when we knew he was going to make the team. And I said, like, there's power, there's speed. It's a ton of swing and miss. Ton. And, and um, as much as I liked him, I couldn't get much more than low triple digits. I thought, I was like, okay, I'll do like 115. Yeah. And if I don't get him, I shrug my shoulders and I say, good luck to whoever got him. Because I like the player a lot, mm-hmm. but I couldn't pay the the prices. that I wasn't close. I was nowhere near at 115. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wasn't even willing to go triple digits uh it just you know and so I, I i didn't get him anywhere except for i've got him in a couple dynasty leagues but um yeah it's it's he he needs to change it i mean thankfully he's playing like good enough defense um and he does walk like that that helps soften the blow but uh yeah he, he's not gonna be up long if he continues to struggle the way he is yeah that that's what i would be concerned about right now is you, you saw the first shoe drop with stott we're going to start to see some of these rookies get sent out if they don't turn. I think Lowe could be next. How long till Julio Rodriguez might get sent out? What do you think about that? I mean, he's looked better yeah. as of late. But it's a so, 40% strikeout rate right now. Yeah. You see him six, take that bases loaded walk, though. Dude, that was sick. And did you see on the ball four when he looked back? Think, you know, like, because he's been called out on some dog shit calls now yeah he's he's gotten pretty unlucky someone had a graph yes. of like the 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 called strikes outside of the zone on him and it it's was... been rough but even if you took those away the strikeout rate would still be high so i don't want to mm-hmm. suggest that that's the only thing going on but he looked back like you please don't call me on another trash call because mm-hmm. i know that's a walk he does have six steals though so for fantasy people are probably yeah. still pretty happy with what uh with what julio is doing but again he's on pace for like 30 something like that's it, if he doesn't start performing, though, more. he's going to go down. Yeah, 60, yeah, yeah. 60 WRC plus, mm-hmm. they will find somebody else. But um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think guys like that, CJ Abrams probably got to go down soon, too. He's been struggling. So, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go blast teams for calling up these guys because I'd be talking out both sides of my mouth. I was so happy when all these rookies made the team. Um, none of them are really working out, unfortunately, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I hope it doesn't make teams gun shy in the future to do it. Uh, the schedule has not blessed Abrams, by the way, either. Five of their last six have been against lefties, and he just doesn't really play against lefties. So that's yeah. been tough. Uh, I think it's anyway, hard for a guy like Abrams, too. So young. Um, and he skipped AAA. Yeah, he skipped AAA. He came off that devastating leg injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not playing every day. Like He's not exactly. getting a chance to get into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, he may need to just go down. I mean, this is a bummer for me because I, you know, I'm pretty highly invested in Abrams. You know, took him in the 18th round of my main or one of my mains. Um, spent money 42 on 42 games at double A. Yeah. He, yeah. He like doesn't he have, yeah. See, so he probably needs more seasoning. That being said, like his long term outlook, I think is going to be really, really good. I think Absolutely. he's, I think he's going to be a stud at some point. And his plate skills have actually been all right 20% strikeout, mm-hmm. 8% walk for CJ Abrams. So he's had some I, bad luck. Like he, I, I got to watch him a few times versus the Giants and uh, in other games. Like he's had some bad luck at the plate. 154 Babbitt would, would back up what yeah. you're saying there. So again, I'm not out on these rookies. And, and if these guys do get sent out and get cut, you start to look to maybe stash where you can. You can only, you know, you can't do too many stashes, especially in NFBC. We talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But people will start cutting the stats and the J Rods and the Abrams and the Lows. They will come back and they might hit that second time. So, and this is why I think it's important. You know, aside from the injuries that you can accumulate on your team when you draft injured players, the reason I don't like to stash a lot of injured players anymore is because it gives me the opportunity to stash some of these guys when players drop them. Um, And so, you know, whereas if you invite the risk onto your team, you're in a lot of trouble. You're already stashing. And you can't can't stash guys like that. Yeah, you're already stashing Chris Sale or Mm -hmm. Fernando Tatis. You can't afford to then take a injury risk or a a prospect risk who gets cut. So, you know, to each their own, however you like to manage it. But that's why we don't like to invite the already injured guys and then have to deal with that. But yep. anyway, that's going to wrap us up. We'll be back on Friday. I'm not sure what we'll talk about. Early season is still difficult. So if you guys have mm-hmm. ideas that you want to hear us talk about that will help you with the early season management, please let us know. Yes. Uh, but I thought the uh, the shallow league cuts was well received. Although some one person did say, like, oh, I think you guys are overreacting. I was like, 
I don't think so in, in shallow leagues. I'm not saying you have to cut all those guys, but I think you have to be open to making cuts with guys that you would not normally think about because in shallow leagues, there's too many good guys on the wire. But anyway, that was just one. And he wasn't even nasty. I'm, I'm like the opposite of like being like overly like dramatic about that kind of stuff. I'm typically the conservative one. I'm trying to be more aggressive in my cuts. Um, you know, because otherwise I get myself in trouble and I look at my roster and I'm like, hey, look, I've got seven guys on the IL on my bench right now. Um, is that I, good? It, it's not good. Uh, oh, yeah. okay, okay. That, that is bad. I've got, a, I've got okay. a few teams like that this year. Where I've got a couple DCs where I'm like, who am I going to start this week? Like, you know, really middle reliever B or middle reliever A? Like, I just don't know. That's the worst part, too, is like when you just... Because COVID, you, man. COVID yes, now, still now has COVID becoming a thing. And that's oh. like just adding to to the issues but anyway i do i gotta get going and rotowire is gonna call soon but justin great talking with you i got special guest michael govier gonna be tomorrow uh so i'll go up on on wednesday and then you and i'll be back on friday all right take it easy